This is episode 39 of Parenting 2.0, The Focused Mindset. We're going to continue our series on communication, and today you get to listen in on a conversation that I had with Deborah Hewitt. Miss Hewitt is a junior high teacher in Southern California, and she is so passionate about what she does. She's going to help us reframe our mindset on how we view those years in between elementary and high school. But first, if you're a new listener, welcome. Don't forget to hit subscribe or download so you don't miss any of the family-oriented, solution-focused content that we have here. You've been upgraded to Parenting 2.0. New expectations requires a new mindset. The focused mindset. I'm Cher Kretz. I'm a school counselor and a family mindset coach. Raising kids is an amazing journey and things don't always turn out as planned. Still, you get to share your life with an adult in training. This podcast will help you meet every new challenge with confidence and be the best version of yourself in your home and with the people you love. Today, we have a really special guest. We have Deborah Hewitt, and she is a real live teacher. She's one of our uh, heroes out there teaching the kids, teaching junior high. And I want to welcome you to the show. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It means a lot to me. Well, just as a background, you know, I work in education, so I'm able to be around a lot of teachers. But I wanted to have you on because you've taught two of my girls and both of my girls are very different. As I've shared with my listeners, they're just absolute opposites and you've managed to bring joy into both of their life. And I just, first of all, just want to thank you for that. Thank you so much for being that kind of teacher. Oh, thank you. It means a ton to me. This means so much. So thank you. You know, you also have chose to teach junior hires and keep teaching junior hires for all of these years. You do realize that that's a time frame that many teachers in general like to stay away from. <laughs> Why did you choose the, that age group? Well, it's so funny. Anytime I even bring it up, they're like, oh, bless you. Like, right. You so much. Like, I don't know how you do it. And then I was like, I always look at them and I'm like, what are you talking about? I feel so blessed because this is the age two years, because I teach seventh and eighth, that I give the opportunity to bump them on what I call the right train track. So they've done the elementary school and they're getting ready to go up to high school. And so I have this little window where I can make a difference. I can impact them and I can bump their train onto the right track is what I call it. That's a Uh, really good way of looking at it. So I just feel like super blessed. I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't go back. I wouldn't do any other age. Um, I did third grade. I did first grade. I've done it all. I did student teaching up in high school, you name it. And I just felt like this is my niche and just feel super blessed that I can impact a child's life because this is that age group that you can. I mean, the hormones start kicking in. You know, parents are trying to teach them to be independent. They're trying to be independent. There's so many things going on that I just feel like, okay, if I can be there and I can impact them in a positive way, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to do. 
And what, what do you teach? I teach uh, seventh grade life science, eighth grade environmental science. I actually created the um, environmental science program at my school and created the garden and um, the recycling program and a ton of stuff. And it's just awesome because I get to meet them in seventh grade and I get to encourage them like, hey, in eighth grade, we still get to be together. And this is what we do. You know, we, we garden and we help butterflies and we have animals, we have this, we have that, and they just get super excited. So they wanna be with me in eighth grade too. So it's super awesome. Wow. That's really special. And it is true that that's such a impactful time of a child's life. And I love that attitude that you have about it because you're right that there's a huge stigma where people just automatically, their heart goes out to you when they hear that you might teach that age group. And I had a very similar experience to be honest, because here I'm sitting in high school. I was an elementary counselor and then I jumped up to high school and, um, I, began to, I always ask lots of questions in my sessions and every, I would say, I would say po- quite possibly every single time I would try and do a little backwards uh, walk to see when something uh, started, it was in junior high. You know, if I wanted to pinpoint the moment that they first thought about uh, taking drugs or uh, cutting or suicidal thoughts or you, you name it, you know, or even just academic withdrawal from, you know, their academics, junior high time and time again. And it was very evident to me that those are precious years. And if people can reach out and make a difference in those years, they can make an impact on their entire life. Yeah. And this is of no disrespect. And if it gets whatever, I just trust you. Um, as I think a lot of, of the time, those years that are hard, it's not the parent that can impact them. Yeah. The parents trying to keep them on track. The parents trying to make sure that they're doing the right thing. The parents trying to hammer, hammer, hammer. And I understand because that's what a parent has to do. Totally respect that. So it takes a teacher who's willing to step out of their comfort zone because there's so many teachers in this, um, what I call box. Um, don't come near me. Here's my, you know, my boundaries. And yeah, I know your name. Well, I might not know your name, but I really don't care. But that's the biggest thing. I always tell my kids, I know your name. I know your name. And I'm sorry, I mispronounced it. It means something to me. Thank you for correcting me because your name means something. Yeah. And that seems so simple. But there's so many teachers that don't even realize that it just takes a moment and it's the teacher that's going to impact them or the administrator or the counselor. You're a counselor. That counselor that just swoops in because the teacher's like, okay, I'm totally slammed. I'm up to here. I'm trying to do everything. I'm trying to help everybody. So counselor, you know, here, this is the kid's name and this is what they said and this is what's going on. The counselor has to step in because there's only so much we even as teachers can do. Yeah. And I would, um, I would agree with you that there's a huge transition going on with parents at that moment in their life as well, because they're, they're moving on to a very independent phase and they're also moving into a place where no longer are the things happening in their home, the most important thing to them. And that becomes, uh, 
a, a very perplexing situation for parents. They're right in the thick of trying to figure out how they're going to help this new being that's at their house with hormones and not seeming to care about their house, but they want them to care about it. And there seems to be more battles. And like you said, sometimes battles of control. Yeah. And the, the thing about it is that, that can, that's a natural progression of uh, growing up. You've been able to recognize that sometimes it's a mentor type of re relationship that a junior hire will need, I guess, is what you're basically saying. And it's okay for parents to reach out and find that and recognize that. Amen. Could not agree more. There's that battle. And so there has to be that person or people that come in to make the difference. Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder what, I mean, now that we're thinking about it, what have you seen in your years that works for these parents that are doing that battle thing and they want to be able to find a way to get through to them? What have you seen on your end? Because that's another thing. We see a different side. When I worked with the junior hires, we see a different side than the parents see. What are some of the things that you've seen that works with kids to be able to allow them to grow into who they're meant to be without all of the, so many of these battles? That's not a tough question, but there are multiple avenues. So the parents holding the child accountable, whether that's checking the grade book or, um, you know, just making sure they're completing their assignments or whatever the case might be. It's not just the parent. And I could not emphasize that enough with education, period. Kids will not succeed if you're just relying on the parent. Guys, the parents can only do so much. They're working, um, both are working, one's working, the other. I mean, there's so many situations, especially right now with COVID, that it's part of my pause. The parent, they they have their part, but it's not just the parent. Yeah, that's the that's the balance is holding them accountable, yes. but not taking the reins from them. That's a yeah. tricky, that's a very tricky balance. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So that's the thing is that parents are trying to find that balance and then they are faced with uh, them being in the house so much, which, you know, if there's any battles going on, they're only going to be more so because they're there in the house. No, I totally agree. That's why I do fun Fridays. And it's so we can come together because you can't hold the parents nor the teachers nor the child accountable for what we're stuck in right now, this virtual learning and not have that connection. It's so important. It's so important to connect with the kids. We only have 35 minutes with them. And so you could do a quiz. Okay. How does that feel? You could do a test. Okay. How does that feel? Um, whereas you can plan those into your previous lessons mm -hmm. and you can do something that connects the kids. And so I've done favorite dog, um, favorite book. And the most powerful one was this last Friday. And that was your favorite song and artist. Wow. And it was so powerful. It was so awesome because I said, bring your favorite song, bring your favorite artist. And if you have audio, play a little snippet. And if not, don't worry about it. Put it in the chat. And I'm constantly using all these tools like chat, give me a check for yes, an X for no, whole nine yards. And so um, if they couldn't do it, they would put it in the chat and I would have a star student. I always call him a star student. And they would look it up and they would play it so everybody could hear it. So we started off with five. We did a little lesson. We ended with five and we called it a day. Because when you have a normal class, 
it's almost it's an hour hour and what now it's an hour and a half so you can totally connect with these kids while teaching them so it's not just about teach 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 okay book 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 i mean that's boring like i've had kids like talk to me and stay back in sessions and they're like well, Miss Hewitt, I'm, I'm really overwhelmed. And I'm like, okay, talk to me. And I'm thinking it's my class. It's not my class. It's other classes where, well, the teacher gave me like an, a 40 page packet. And I'm like, well, what are you supposed to learn from a 40 page packet when I give you a one page lesson and I teach you and I'm here with you and I keep my Zoom session open after if you have questions and the list goes on. And they're like, I don't know, but I don't know how I'm going to pass this next test. And your break, your my heart literally breaks. Yeah. My heart literally breaks. Well, that's because part of what you're talking about is that they really want you to connect with them. You know, when they see that you have that open door, here they are talking to you about classes that aren't even yours. They're not. And I'm like, okay, here I am. Right. <laughs> but at that point, I don't care. I love what I do and I do what I love. And I always tell the kids that I love what I do and I do what I love. And to me, that's what's important. Yeah. And the other thing I tell my students, especially at this age, is practice, 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 practice. And then they're like, hmm. And I say, there's no such thing as perfection. So I don't care if you come in and you give me an answer that might be what I call as a teacher, a boo-boo, meaning we tried, we did the best we could. And I tell them, I make, I make mistakes every day. And so I'd rather, and I tell them every day, I'd rather you try and not be a waste of oxygen than sit there and not pay attention. And so I get this huge amount of participation. Like they want to participate. Like, and when there's what I call boo-boos not errors, not negatives, not anything. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're right there. How can we support you? How can we do this differently? Okay, someone else, come on, back up, back up. Come on, support him. And boom, we have the answer. So mm -hmm. no one was put down. No one was insulted. No one, okay, maybe you made a boo-boo. No big deal. Ain't no thing but a chicken wing, I tell him. And I know that sounds silly, but I do. I say, ain't no thing but a chicken wing. Like, come back to me and let's work on this and we'll figure it out together. Let's go. And I always tell them, I'm not going to give up on you. So I had a student today and um, it was the definition of heredity. And um, he couldn't figure out the word heredity. And so I said, okay, well, I'm not going to give up on you. And he went like this. <laughs> I said, she has I her hand not, on her head. <laughs> yeah, I am not giving up on you. You don't give up on me. I'm not giving up on you. And he goes, okay. And I said, so it, the answer is her, her, her. And he goes, her. I said, yeah, her, her, her. And he goes, her. And it, he paused for a moment. He goes, heredity. And he Aww. lit up like a Christmas tree. And it was like, that's why I teach. Yeah. That is why I teach. It's not because I'm perfect. It's not. And I always tell them, I'm not going to give you the answer. If I give you the answer, I'm enabling you. Right. But what I can do is I can guide you. What I can do is give you a page number. What I can do is A, B, C, D, E, F, G. But I'm not going to give you the answer. It's not an option. So you obviously have, I don't know, what I would consider to fine tuning the art of being able to actually communicate with kids that are at this 
interesting age of seventh and eighth grade. You know, those, those 12, 13, 14, 15 years are the times when I know most parents come to me and feel the most disconnected. They feel so disconnected because they don't really know. And you touched on so much right there. One is just being in touch with like the music that they're into and the things they're into. And then secondly, letting them know that you're there for them no matter what. You know, those are two such important concepts that the kids just want that simple thing. Um, But I mean, what else do you think that people in all the experiences that you've had that helps you connect with this age group? Um, I'll be completely honest with you and it's going to make me sound like a dork. <laughs> That's okay. We all need to, we all need to find our dork sometimes. We need to do that. <laughs> keeping up with their movies that they like, keeping up with the music that they like. I might not love it and that's okay. Not good, not bad, not right or wrong. But what's funny is even if I don't like it and I introduce them to my music or my movies or my things, they're like, and they get so excited. And then like I, this past uh, two weeks, we did the music and I went, who introduced you to that song? Cause I kid you not a 12 year old girl. Her favorite song was splish splash. I was taking a bath. How cute is that? Long up on a down Saturday night, rub tub, <laughs> laughing in the tub. And I, I went, love it. Like I used to rock out to that with my mom. Like who introduced you to that? And she's like, my mom and my dad. So to make that connection, there she goes. Okay, it was Rub Tub Tub, a song from what? The 50s, 60s? And so just for me to ask a simple question of who introduced you, it blew open the door. She's like, my mom and my dad, and this is what happened. And then you're like, boom, simple question. They don't have to be hard. It's making that connection with the kids. And um, I always tell them, I don't forget them. And that makes a huge difference. So they come to class two, three days later, depending on the class, maybe two every day if I, it's fifth period. And I always say, because uh, they said, you know, my dog wasn't feeling well. And I would be like, hey, blank, um, how's your dog doing? And they would be like, oh my gosh, so much better. Look at her, blah, 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 blah. And then I'd be like, well, hey, you know, yesterday you showed that you struggled in computer class. Um, How did today go? And they're like, oh my gosh, so much better. So the fact that you can remember those things and they hear them is so powerful because it lets them know that you care. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing, especially right now with, online teaching. I mean, it's one thing in the classroom, but it's a whole nother with online teaching. So for me to be able to say their name and to address what they struggled with, um, I have a fifth period class. I say, hey, what are you struggling with? Check in with me. How can I help you? Boom, 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 boom. And then for me the next day to be like, hey, how did it go? How are these things going? Boom, boom. That connection is huge. Absolutely huge. And you found that it does come across your, your relationship is able to grow with them, whether you were online or not, when you make those type of steps. A hundred and ten percent, if I could even make it, but a hundred percent. Yes. Wow. Absolutely. Absolutely. I would say that there is a lot of, there's a lot of parents and educators that are listening to this program right now. And I would say that that's one of the number one 
problems, it's got to be one of the number one is some people really struggle with um, how to communicate online. And it sounds like what you're saying is, well, how do you communicate in person? You're kind of the same, right? Yeah. And I, I struggle with that because the communication in person is very easy for me. And the communication online is very easy for me. Huh? And the only reason why is I had to make adjustments <clears throat> and do things different and realize that what I did in the classroom might not work here and vice versa, but what's going to work. Yeah. And that took time. That took energy. That took commitment. And what I find and of no disrespect is a lot of teachers aren't willing to do that. And I don't mean that rudely. I'm not here to disrespect educators. I'm not here to disrespect anyone in any way, shape or form. That's not my heart. That's not who I am. That's not how I roll. I mean, the list goes on. There's like this rigid box that they're stuck in. And um, that box doesn't work for online education. And to be honest with you, and I've had to reflect, they didn't work in the classroom either. So how's that working for you is what I want to say. And it's called, it's not. Right. It's not working for you. It's not working for the kids. It's not working for the parents. Like I have a lot of teachers that blow up the parents with emails. Number one, it's overwhelming. Number two, they probably didn't get it because there's 18 other emails that other teachers have done the same thing. And number three, you're not holding the kid accountable. And at this age, the kid needs to be accountable, not the parent. I found looking at it from the other end, sometimes that causes all of this frustration in the home and all of this, I don't know, just upsetness, you know, for lack of a better word, like that stresses the parent out. The parent then stresses their child out and then nothing gets done. I you know, that's, I could, I, that, I can't really, yeah, I'm trying to like, picture the circle, you know, it's like that circle doesn't work, but it's a natural thing. Cause the parents like, I just got bugged on an email. Now I'm bugging you. And the kid's like, Oh no, now I'm disappointing my teacher, myself and my parent, you yeah. know, and then they don't, that does not equate to them performing better. Maybe, uh -huh. you know, there's a circle that does make them perform and that's not it, but that seems to be what is, has happened in our. Could not life. agree more with you. You made the most simplest and best statement. Could not agree more with you. You are the type of teacher that, and there are many like you as well that are saying, I need to adjust to this. It's taken me a minute, but I'm going to adjust and I'm going to see what works. And that's one reason that I knew that you were the right person to speak on this subject. Let's take it a step further. Absolutely. For for all of those uh, parents that do have the emails flowing, and it's probably not going to stop to, like you said, no fault to the teacher. They're doing what they feel must be the right thing to do. You know, like I'm going to email the, the parent, you know, what would you say would be uh, just of, of us brainstorming? What would be a way that you would suggest that that parent would react to this communication with the teachers? To be honest with you, I... I love your question. I would have to put myself in their shoes. And um, I mean, just from what you know about the kids too and how they react and the things that you've seen in this. In absolutely. The absolutely. I would actually, and this is going to shock the world, <laughs> is I would tell that parent, email that teacher back and say, contact my child. Ah. Put it back on the child. 
And um, there is a parent accountability. I totally understand that as a teacher. I understand that. And I, like I said, I already know a lot of educators are going to be like, blah, blah, blah. There has to be a parent. There has to be this there. I totally understand that. But that's when you shoot the email like, hey, you know, we have parent connect. We have Q. We have this. We have that. You could stay on your kid with that. But at this point, your child is at the age where I should be just shoot an email and say, hey, you didn't do this, A, B, C, D, and this is what's going on. Or yeah. the child could stay back in a Zoom session and say, hey, Miss Hewitt, like, I don't understand A, B, C, D. And I'm like, right on, totally here to help you. So it goes back to what we were talking about, the need to help them be accountable, but at the same time, not take the reins. That seems like it's something that's so important for parents to adjust, because that may have been uh, in face-to-face -face learning, the way that I look at it, and I don't remember which podcast or else I would tell people to go back. It was a very early one, like one, two, or three. I talked about how now that everything's inside our home, all of a sudden things that were never our responsibility have all of a sudden felt like it's all our responsibility. So it used to be that you would drop the child off and pretty much you're entrusting the rest of that day to the school, you know, and it's, it's kind of like a freeing situation for a parent. They're like, okay, now it's their job. Same with a sport for this time. The coach is the one that's coaching my child in volleyball or whatever the sport might be. And then all of a sudden when everything's in the home, it's like the parents going nuts because all of a sudden they feel as though this is all now my responsibility. And so it's a, tr it's like you said, we need to be able to be self-reflecting and say, what are some things we can adjust to actually make this work since we're still kind of stuck in it for a while? How do we take, re how do we help people be accountable in a affirming way? but not take the reins and take that responsibility away from something that the child should do. You I know, totally agree. totally agree. It's a, it's a hard thing to do, but it's worthwhile because it was already happening before. It's like, we've got to, what was working before a lot of times dropping the kid off, letting them do their own thing. And when you saw them, you'd be like, well, what did you do? It was you that did it. So I think the parents can learn from uh, hearing on your end saying, you know what? we got this, we're teaching them, whether they have a, 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 whatever personality the teacher has, let's help that child work within that and not take it from them. You know, it's, it's hard to do in junior high, but it's possible. I totally agree. I think it's totally possible, but there has to be that connection factor. Yeah. I don't care if it's on a daily basis. I don't care if it's on fun Friday, there has to be that connection when it comes to junior high. Yeah. Junior hires need it. Yeah, even just using like, okay, guys, you have to have the check for yes and the X for no. And I tell them, I compliment them. Oh my God, you're a total ninja. I tell them, you're ninjas. You're answering super quick. You yes, go, 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 you know? And so there's ways. That's the, that's the thing though, is like bringing that energy. I mean, I know you don't always feel it. Like, how do you, how do you get yourself hyped up to be like, all right, we're bringing the energy to another class. Okay, I'll be honest with you. Coffee <laughs> and monsters. That's funny. Because there's days where I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. And that's my point. There's days where I say, I don't know how I'm going to do this. But they deserve it. 
and it's not about me. Yeah. So I'm helping take care of my mom right now. And there's just the nights where she's up at 145. So I'm up at 145 and it's like, I don't get any sleep. And then I have to make a choice every day. Am I going to choose to come and be like, hi guys. Or am I going to choose to come and be like, hey, who loves you not in a weird, creepy way? And I always say that. And they're like, you do. And I always say, hey, who wants to see you succeed? And they're like, you do. And it might have taken a coffee, maybe a coffee and an energy drink, but I'll do them both. It doesn't matter because it's not about me. Yeah. I want these kids to succeed. I want these kids to feel love. I never let them leave a class. Never. You can ask your daughter. You can ask anyone from ever any other class that I have. I never let them leave me without saying who loves you, not in a weird, creepy way. And they say, you do. And I always go, yep. And who wants you to always succeed? And they always go, you do. And I go, yep. And I give them the big heart in my hands. And I say, I love you guys. Not in a weird, creepy way. Have a good day. And I couldn't tell you how many kids who even like a, a handful that may not have participated for whatever reason, not good, not bad, not right or wrong. Cause that's how I look at it. Um, sometimes it's Wi-Fi issues. Sometimes it's the computer. Sometimes it's this or that, or whatever the case might be. They hit me up in the chat every single one. So if they're not telling me verbally, if they're not connecting with me via the classroom, they're telling me in the chat, I love you too. Not in a weird, creepy way. Goodbye, Miss Hewitt. I love you, Miss Hewitt, whatever the case might be. And it's not a an ill thing it's I want them to know I want mm -hmm. them to know and I I started that over 10 years ago because so many kids don't hear I love you in a day right they don't yeah and it's like it's a, it's supposed to be assumed or it's this age again it comes back to this yeah. age sometimes there's a lot of um apparent negatives that the, that the parent is seeing, they're seeing those negatives. So they don't realize how often they bring up the negatives to the child. And they also don't realize how much that child internalizes those negatives. Uh, and it takes people like you, like you said, sometimes you've got to step outside of your role. Maybe it's to your niece, your nephew, your whoever it is to step into the role of being someone's uh, best advocate because they might just might not be getting it. But for parents, it's a, also an eye opener because then you have to reflect and say, wait a minute, am I affirming? Am I taking that time to get to know them? Am I stepping away from the fact that I just saw that they have three Fs and still celebrating the fact that they're them and that I love them? You know, it's it can be a very tough thing. To, it's a tough thing to balance. It sounds so easy, but it's harder than sometimes we, we think. It's like every child has a coin jar. And the parent every morning can choose to put a coin in or they can choose to take a coin out based on what they say, like, good morning, super simple, coin in. Um, how'd you sleep last night? Coin in. Um, just super simple examples of a coin in. <clears throat> and the negatives. Well, you didn't get your homework done last night. And you know what's cool is we said coin in, but you go after your child and you say, well, you didn't get your homework done last night. It took two out. So you gave one, but you just took two. That's such a, a beautiful visual. 
And then, you know, oh, well, you didn't help get your sister done and ready for school. We have to get going. Okay, well, that was two out. So do the math. Where are we at? Nothing. Right. And when we're sitting there at the negative, then we are uh, confronted with decisions, you yeah. know, and that's when what we're talking about is, is we want to be the type of individuals, not only in our kids' life, but in our own life, that when confronted with a decision, we do what's right, not what's easy. Amen. Oh, I love that. Do what's right, not easy. I love it. And it sounds like that's a lot of what you need to do as a teacher. That's what you've already ac- accomplished and it's coming through to your kids. But even if it didn't, even if they all had their screen off and you know that you did what's right, that's when you really know that you're doing it for the right reasons. Um, but we need those visuals. Like you said, we need to be able to understand that we're, we're literally making a difference in a human being's life yeah. by the things that we say and the things that we do. Well, and then you send them off to school and their first period teacher says, well, oh, that's the wrong answer. Oh, no, no, no. Whereas I'm like, hey, there's no such thing as perfection. Practice, 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 practice. I don't care if you, you know, and I told you this earlier, make a boo-boo. It's all good. We all make boo-boos. I make boo-boos every day, I call them. And their coin jar can only get so full and only go so negative. And then you get anger you get depression, you get anxiety, you get all these things. So the parent is the first one because that's who they wake up to. And then it's their first period teacher, then their third period teacher, then their fifth period teacher based on the schedule. And the Not list to mention on. the friends. Yeah. Well, amen. And the social media, which I'm totally against, I call it fake book. <laughs> I call it instant crap. Like, <laughs> I'm telling, please, I could sit here for days and tell you positives. But the negatives that impact you, like you think you're going to be positive. You're like, yeah, I'm going to watch little cute little dogs and this and that. But then you have your friend and then you have this guy and then you have that guy. And then it's like, ah, the positive that you thought you were going to do, it's gone. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing now is that with their communication being brought to uh, the level that it is right now out of necessity, you know, it's, it's a necessity situation. They now have their group texts or they have their, you know, Zoom rooms that I know some kids will get together in Zoom rooms outside of their own, or they'll go and they'll talk on a social media platform. And it's like, okay, what happens is the face that you see is not always the way these kids are feeling and they don't actually, and they have a hard time understanding that everyone's going through the same ups and downs and everyone is unhappy sometimes. And then, you know, it just compiles. And like you said, then if they've had several different taking the change out of their jar type situations, we might be looking at a kid that's, that's depleted, you know, they're just, they're empty. Absolutely. And unfortunately, um, I love what you just said. And it applies to adults now. Yeah. Whereas if we could go back a couple months, I think it would really only apply to kids, especially teaching middle school for so long. Um, but now it even applies to adults. And that's what breaks my heart. Yeah. And it's a hard thing to break away from. I actually am doing a series right now on communication. And that's why I'm so glad we're talking about communicating with this age group and how parents can 
Um, but it's something about the mental state that we get ourselves in when we get caught scrolling and, and, uh, and maybe clicking on a story that is another negative story that clicks to another negative story. And the algorithm of these social media platforms don't help because if they think you like that, you know, you might've listened to a story that really kind of made you feel icky, but you're curious. So you listen to the next story and before you know it, you're being inundated with negativity and then it affects your mood and how you treat your kids and how you approach life. And it's something we all need to be aware of. And then we need to realize, wait a minute, I think my kids might be having the same thing happen to them. And then we realize, oh, we have to turn this around. We have to double up on the positive. We have to teach our kids how to approach these and also approach it, it for ourselves. You know, come, you know, we have to come being our best self and that's not helping us. Yeah, because I see so many adults like, okay, well, I don't understand why my kid, but they're flipping through Facebook and I'm like, and they're doing this and they're doing that. And I'm like, why would your kids be doing anything different? Because you've taught them, right. you teach them, but you've disconnected with them and they're sitting there wanting this connection and they don't have it because this is you. Right, Cell right. Phone. Staring at the phone. Cell phone. Cell phone. Oh, and um, let me put the news on because that's super positive. I know, uh, right? No. <laughs> when you have, um, you have things like TikTok, for instance, things like that. Okay, it's these things can be used for the good or the bad. Now, I've seen some parents totally agree. You know, and that's the thing that that that's where the adult uh, leadership can come into play. We shouldn't just say, oh, you know what, there's too much of a divide. You know, I don't really get what they're doing. You know, you've proven that, no, you don't have to like what they're doing to be involved in it. And yeah. why not sit next to them and watch those videos and see the things they're doing? And then you'll have a perspective to say, okay, now I can actually speak to them in such a way that they understand, you know, and I've, and bringing up TikTok, I've seen some parents that um, do the TikToks with them and dance with them, you know, and, and make that, make it, make it a thing where it it's actually a bonding experience, you know, or I've seen the other ones that don't even realize how toxic TikTok can get. And so that's, that there's two extremes. It's not, it's, it's being aware, but also being involved in the, in their life. And what I mean by how toxic it can get is uh, there's a lot of, it's, it's, uh, we talked about the algorithm a little bit. Well, they'll keep giving you the same type of videos that you click on, right? A child happens to look on those because they're like, oh my gosh, I want to see that. It makes you curious, you know, then more of that comes. And then what happens is a child starts to normalize that and they think, oh, is that the way people are handling their stress? It, they don't even, they de get desensitized to it. And so that's another reason it's so important that we don't, we don't shame them for being a part of a fun thing like TikTok, but we challenge what they're listening to and what they're watching and be aware of it. A, um, a tip to parents is don't act surprised when they show you it because then they're going to hide it from you, you know, say, oh gosh. And then the thing is, is that we can use that as an education moment. We could say, you know what, let me tell you what happened. You show, you watched one of these and now they keep showing them to you, but that's not what everyone in the world is doing. You need to stop looking at this and you need to click on things that are uplifting and things that are helpful and things that are good. And then that's the things that they'll push out to you. If you like humor that's 
dirty, you're going to get dirty humor sent in, in those platforms. But if you click on the silly, funny ones of the fun songs, that's what you're going to get. So I kind of feel like that stuff is out there. And if anyone is out there with their child involved with that, you know, reach out, get some help, have a community around you that can help your child come out of any negative space that they might be in. But then in the same thread, it might be just as easy as like you said, connecting and saying there's other alternatives. Let's do something different. Amen. Amen. (laughs) And I think that that's kind of what I hear you do. And I wanted to share a story about uh, my daughter was having a lot of trouble and probably still does with turning on her, um, you know, having her face on the Zoom calls. And one time I heard you say something. It was so funny. I actually didn't hear it the first time, but I heard it the second time. You said, oh my gosh, I'm going to adopt you, Bella. That's it. I'm going to adopt you. And it was so funny because all of a sudden she comes rushing into my room with this weirdest look on her face. And I'm like, why do you have that weird look on your face? She's all, my teacher said she's going to adopt me. But she kind of like giggled. And then I'm like, I'm like, oh, she's all. And then she kind of walked back to her room. And I'm like, that didn't take much, but that's an example to me of you being affirming, but not embarrassing her. Like it didn't embarrass her, but it just kind of affirmed that you see her. And I love that. You know, I don't know. I don't know what made you decide to say that. It's not, that's your quirky side again coming out, but it really made a huge impact. She responded immediately and she made the best comment. And I was like, oh my God, I'm adopting you. <laughs> she was super quick. She was super fast. And that's not the things that make me adopt kids. But she was so cute. She was like, boom, boom, boom. And I'm like, I'm adopting you. Yeah. And then later I heard you uh, in that same class. I guess you must have noticed by being aware that that kind of made a difference. And and then when I had heard you, you said, okay, I already said I was going to adopt Bella, but I guess I need to adopt. And you like called four or five other ones. It was so cute. Aw, thank you. So that's just one example of how you choosing to figure out what's working here online is worth it. And I hope a lot of people are motivated to see what, what can work. And we, we know all the stuff that doesn't work. We know that we wish that we had an, a more normal situation, quote unquote, whatever that looks like now. We wish that we weren't dealing with COVID and all this stuff. But since we are, this is a discussion about what works. And let's find that. Let's be courageous enough to find what works. Amen. It's like, stop being a victim. Let's figure out what's going to work. Yeah. <laughs> and then stop worrying about if it's going to make a difference because it will. You know, the kids are going to respond. You know, even if we don't do everything just right, they'll respond if we try. Amen. And, uh, and I don't know. I mean, what would you, if you really had, if you had a group, which you do right now, an audience of all of these parents What do you feel like you really want to tell them about moving forward in this semester, where we're at right now, moving forward to the end of the year that will help them find, I don't know, peace and, and I guess for lack of better words, some success. I think for me, it would be take a deep breath and I'm a yoga teacher. So in through the nose and out through the mouth. And I would ask you to do that five times. And I know that sounds crazy, Um, but let it go. We have no control over this situation. So we have to do, we, not you, not me, we have to do the best we can with what we have. I would say the third thing would be 
you're not alone. And that I know you're doing the best you can with what you have, because every situation is different. Every situation is different. It might be a dad's home, a mom's home, no one's home, whatever the case might be. I know you're doing the best you can with what you have, period, end of story. I would say last, but certainly not least. I think too many times we tell our kids that we love them, but I want to tell you that I love you and not in a weird, creepy way. <laughs> and I know we're all working together and I know we're all doing the best that we can. And in many cases, just delete your emails. <laughs> Just start fresh and say, all right, we're doing start our best. Fresh and be like, hey, <laughs> it's too much. It's way too much. I, I don't know. I'm kind of thinking that this jar, we're onto something with this jar thing. And I do what's called a solution-focused exercise. I think that we should all, the exercise that we should take with us this next week is that we should picture that jar as we're talking. You know, we should picture that jar. Are we putting change in or are we taking change out? And that goes for every person in your life. That's the hard part. Yeah. So, like your um, parent that you're taking care of, you know. Amen. I'm like, okay, I have my mom. I have my sister. I have this. And so what am I doing? Even a simple text. Like, I kid you not, I sent a text to my brother-in-law the other day. And imagine what this put in his coin jar. All I said is, I love you, exclamation mark, heart, the red heart. I have an iPhone. So just so you know, it's a heart. But I said, that's all I wanted to tell you. Have a good day. That's it. So what did that deposit in his account? And then I don't know what he's going to um, come up against that day. But I know, okay, I woke up. It was like six o'clock in the morning. Mom was up. I was doing my thing. I was getting mom her coffee and doing this. And I just said, hey, I love you. That's all I wanted to tell you. And hopefully it helped. That's it. Yeah. It, oh, uh, undoubtedly it helped. I mean, we all need to hear that. And I just thank you for those honest and, and really uh, transparent words just to share with what might help us because we all need that encouragement. And so it's not about what we're doing wrong, but it's saying, what can I do more of that can make a bigger impact? And just thinking about that, am I putting the, am I filling up the jar? I think that's a really great thing for us to just practice. I love I that. Totally agree. I totally agree. And what's funny is human nature tends to think we have to do big things to impact people's lives when in fact it tends to be the little things that make the biggest impact. Yeah. And it doesn't take a ton. It takes a text. It takes a quick call. I, I would call my mom and I would tell her because she would work at Hogue Memorial Hospital. And I would sing, I just called <laughs> to say, I love you. Right. She would laugh. Put that smile on their face, right? Yeah like it took me what how long and I filled her corn jar yeah and and it's it, it's you know that's the thing is it's just it's therapeutic just to make someone smile if you could just make someone smile let that goes a long ways doesn't it amen amen <laughs> like that's that's amazing how that can make a difference in our lives you know don't sit around frowning let's find ways to make people smile <laughs> I agree I agree I agree 
And it's great. I mean, you, we, yes, yes, it's true. Junior high years are tough. You know, no one's going to say that it's not there. Is there hormones flying? Yes. Are they sometimes difficult? Yes. But I think that you're a testament to say you can find the joy in your child, you know, look for it. It is there. (laughs) It is there. So take a deep breath. That's why I said, take a deep breath, like let it go. Like, yep. You're, there's all these solutions. It just, I think too many times when we get overwhelmed, I know for me, like when I get overwhelmed, we get in this like, and it's like, we can't, um, I love the statement. We can't see the solution when we're in the eye of the storm. Ah, so true. And it takes someone else to step up and say, I understand you're in the storm. How about I give you a solution? Yeah. Yeah. So true. Cause when you're in the storm, it's like, I can't see a way out. I don't know what to do. I don't know. I mean, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. And it takes that person who actually cares to take a moment to step into your life and say, Hey, what about this? And you're like, Oh my God, that was so simple. I don't know how I couldn't figure it out. And they're like, cause you were in the eye of the storm in the eye of the storm. And that's, it goes back to, I think what we talked about close to the beginning is it's great to bring other people in, you know, reach out ourselves when we need help, you know, listening to podcasts like this sometimes can be encouraging, but even just thinking then who else can I reach out that I know that I can talk to about an issue and then saying, who does my child need to talk to? Maybe they're not connecting with me right now as the parent because of that, just too much of each other in each other's face. Well, what teacher does your child have that they're connecting with? Reach out to them, you know, like I have with you and said, all right, you know what? We're writing this one out. We're doing this. <laughs> We're doing it together. <laughs> That's right. This train does keep rolling. Sometimes we think, you know, we're stuck in this very moment and the, and the angst that we see in a child and their frustration or their attitude, that that's the way they're going to be forever. No, they're, they're growing. They're changing. Pretty soon they're going to be like your other student, my, my daughter Cassidy, that's in cosmetology school and out there rocking her blue hair and loving life, you know? So it's like they grow to be themselves. They're the little human they were meant to be. And we get to make an impact on them for that short period of time. Our trains don't always stay on the same track. And sometimes we struggle and the train kind of bumps and it can always bump back. You just have to stay focused and have to make those changes that no life is perfect. Nobody's perfect. And okay, so train bumped off the tracks. Who cares? Let's focus, refocus, figure out who we can talk to, who can we, who can lean out, who can help us. And then boom, trains back on the track. Right, right on, right on. I love that. Life is way too short. I'm going to, and now I'm going to be looking for pictures of a train to put on my, to be motivated this next week. Actually, I'll send them to you. Yeah. I'm going to put it in my screensaver when I hop on to do my work in the morning. (laughs) There's days where I'm like, okay, I woke up and my train was already off the track. I need to get back (laughs) on. (laughs) And we're in it together. (laughs) Well, that's the biggest thing. I think that's, um, you can totally cut this out. This is me talking to you. I think that's the biggest disservice of all of this is that we feel so alone. Yeah, people and do. I think a if sense we of loneliness. Take that alone piece out and say, "Hey, we're in this together." Like, okay, okay. 
So maybe I'm talking to you and you're not helping me with what I need. I don't know. I, you know, right now it might be depression, whatever the case might be. I can reach out to then another friend and just be like, Hey, I'm really struggling with, you know, this or that. And, and just reaching out. Mm-hmm. So why couldn't I reach out to you and just be like, Hey, thanks. I had a really great time tonight, but I'll be honest with you. I'm dealing with depression. Like yeah. why couldn't we talk about that? it feels too vulnerable. And I think now is the time for us to question, like, is it though? Because there's hurting people out there. And one of the best ways that we can fill up our own jar is to reach out to other people and go outside our comfort zone, you know, and it's going to take some vulnerability to do that. So I couldn't agree more. I could not agree more. And I think that's the only way that we're going to survive. Yeah, I hear you. And hopefully, you know, through conversations like these, people can feel less alone. You know, that's actually, yeah, that's actually something that I always put. And someone did once ask me, how come you always put on everything? You're never alone with the focused mindset. You know, that's, I've started this company where they, to help people have a focused mindset. And I was all, well, to be honest, a lot of people feel alone. That's why I say it. They're not alone, but they feel it. So that's what we're doing. You know, we're getting that out to say, no, you're out there rocking your world. I'm doing what I can in this world, but we're all in this together. Amen. I could not agree more. Could not agree more. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate it so, so much. You've been amazing. And thank you so much. I've enjoyed talking with you and you are awesome. Oh, thank you. Miss Hewitt, wow, I wish she was my science teacher when I was in junior high. I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation and let's remember to fill up the coin jar. With the children in your life, remember that when we say something, we're putting a coin in. But when we say something negative, it actually takes two coins out. So let's double up on the positive reinforcing, affirming comments with our children, with the people in our lives. Do you know anybody with junior high kids that would benefit from this? Feel free to share it with them. You just hit the share button and then you can cut and paste this entire episode anywhere, basically. Email, social media, whether it be LinkedIn, Facebook, they can all be shared. And I think the person that popped in your mind that has a child right in this tween age Let's send this out their way because they need to hear what Miss Hewitt had to say. And until next time, keep in touch and take care.